Hello, folk. Welcome to the very first episode of The Fearless Flyer. My name's Grant. I'm a Boeing 777 captain with a major airline in the Middle East, and I'm one of your hosts. And my other host, who I'd like to introduce you to, I've known him all his life, and he's known me all his life, is James. Welcome, James. G'day, everyone. I'm James. I'm uh, currently studying a Bachelor of Aviation Management down here in New Zealand. So yeah, with uh, Grant's job, I've sort of been around aviation all my life. And uh, yeah, I really love it. I'm just here to help you guys overcome uh, your fear of flying. So basically, I had said to Grant here that he should do a podcast because he likes chatting. And um, well, he knows a lot about aviation through his career. And well, I've always enjoyed all sort of aspects of aviation. And with Grant's knowledge from being a pilot and engineer, I guess... Hopefully we can help you guys uh, sort of overcome your fears and well, stop any misinformation that you may have heard in the past. Yeah, that sounds interesting, James. So in discussion with James about this podcast concept, we came up with the idea to share our knowledge about flying with you in a simplified format to help people understand what is involved in what is probably one of the most safest forms of transport on the planet today. We want to remove the myth or the unknown aspects of flying, and we'll try and present this information in a basic format, and James will do his best to try to prevent me from getting too complex in our discussions. Sometimes he might fail, but he'll undoubtedly bring me back in line so we don't lose you. So hence, we came up with the name, The Fearless Flyer. As armed with knowledge, we hope to remove the unknowns of how a large jet transport aircraft safely operates. What's your view on this podcast, James? Yeah, so there's a lot of people in this world who have uh, obviously never flown because it's still quite a relatively new area for people. And people, well, were not designed to fly as such, really. So they're often quite scared of the the concept of getting on a plane and flying just because they don't understand sort of what's going on. The lack of control generally is a big one for people. Obviously, as you get older, You like to feel like you're in control of your life. And by going on a plane, you're essentially handing your life over to trust whoever's up front in the the aircraft, especially with something like flying when your life's at risk. But yeah, so hopefully through this podcast, we can delve into a few of the the reasons why people are scared of flying or have a fear of flying and also just explain other areas of flying uh, which people are scared of, which generally stuff like turbulence is a big one. Yeah, well, we dive into that in this uh, series. Yeah, that's interesting that you say that because the research that I've done about reducing people's fear of flying and the people I've talked to, a lot of it comes down to firstly the fact that they don't have control, but secondly, they don't really understand anything about what's going on. There are some other less well-known trigger points of anxiety that we'll discuss as well, but One of the big things that seems to trigger people's anxiety is, like you said, is turbulence, and people just don't like turbulence. So what we want to do with this turbulence episode, for example, is we want to dedicate a whole episode to it, and we'll discuss in very simplistic terms that James will hopefully make me use. We'll discuss the background to the turbulence, and we'll try to help you understand all the facets and aspects that are associated with turbulence, such as the levels of turbulence, what you'll feel in those different levels and what the crew are doing. Yeah, so obviously going off of that, people need to understand 
not only about just the aircraft, but the whole experience itself. Well, it's the travel experience is often quite stressful for people going through airports, trying to get to the airport on time. You've got a lot of timings to keep to for check-in, security, boarding. And then obviously security can be quite stressful because you always are thinking, oh, what if I've left my passport at home or something stupid like that, even though it's in your hand. But just by going through all these things, hopefully it will reduce the stress levels that you guys will feel and going forward with this with this podcast. And the beauty of the way we're going to lay out this podcast is if you're scared of one aspect of aviation, we're going to have like a separate podcast for each lump of information with a different topic, one to say about turbulence or one to say about engines or one to say about gear. And you can actually go to that podcast and uh, listen up on that specific topic that uh, you find that you're anxious about. Yeah, that's good. That will definitely give you more information. That's what the intent of the podcast is. So in our conversations with friends and people, we know we've had a couple of audio recordings. The first one up is Nina. Let's see what Nina says. My name's Nina, and I have a fear of flying because of a bad flight about 15 years ago. I've tried hypnosis, I've tried fear of flying courses, I've tried anxiety medication while on a flight, and a few glasses of wine, and nothing's really worked. Being the control freak that I am, I really do not like passing over control to someone I don't know. So that's Nina, and she's always hated flying. And from what she's saying there, she likes to be in control. But there was also a turbulence incident that happened 15 years or so ago to her that really shook her. What did you take out of what Nina said there, James? Yes, as you mentioned, uh, I feel like once you become an adult and you start getting in control of your life, especially when you're a career-focused person such as her, even like handing over simple things such as when you're out driving a car and you like let your friend drive or an extreme example such as this being on an aircraft and handing literally your life over to people. A lot of people don't like that feeling because they feel like they've given too much trust to them, especially in the aircraft scenario, because you most likely don't know the pilots at all. And you just have to trust the authorities that they've uh, got the right qualifications. That's very good what you said there. So let's have a listen to what Bo has to say. Hi, my name's Bo Burns. Uh, I live in Auckland, New Zealand, and I am not a confident flyer. I'm not a confident flyer because uh, when I'm up in the air, I'm scared and the turbulence just freaks me out and I think I'm going to die. I never like that the pilots don't say what's going on when you're flying. Um, I've always thought that they should explain the turbulence like when you're going through terrible turbulence, because for me, that is the worst. Um, I don't know. I guess being up in the air is uncertain anyway, but when you're going through turbulence with some people, is just dreadful. So that's Bo. What did you think about what Bo said, James? Yeah, so a slightly different issue to uh, Nina. I think it's more of a lack of understanding of, the, of flying itself, firstly, because obviously uh, you need to understand sort of the physics of flight, which we're going to go into in a later episode. And once you start understanding the physics of flight, you're going to see why it's very unlikely that you're going to be in an unsafe position as such in an aircraft. Also going into how the aircraft are designed. And once you watch a few videos of wing stress testing, you start to understand how strong these uh, aircraft are and how the, the chance of a fatality from an accident like turbulence is so minor 
pretty much non-existent these days. Yeah, I can't actually think of an accent top of my head in recent times from turbulence. Yeah, I think you're right there. There was uh, one many years ago, but this is in the 50s now, so going back a long time. But technology has come so far and we understand a lot more about it now. And we see this from Bo that we see this trigger point. And I think she's probably had some really bad turbulence. And of course, not understanding and not being in control has been a fundamental issue with her for many years. And she just hates getting on an aeroplane. So basically, in these episodes, we'll talk about all these different aspects of aviation. James, what's your research? I think you've talked about things that kind of like help calm people. Yeah, so airline marketing teams obviously spend a lot of money researching ways of getting customers. One way that they're found extremely successful is, well, if you watch airline marketing videos, you're going to see how they incentivize customers to get on the aircraft. And this has sort of been done, which we've read also through studies, putting scenes such as sunsets can actually calm people. So you'll often notice in these airline advertisements, if there's visuals of the cabin or the aircraft, they'll often be in sunsets or sunrise. They're sort of nice oranges and red colors. It's just a sort of calm sense to everything that's happening. It's also makes you feel more in control. Sunsets is something I found out, which is a bit weird. If you bought an aircraft, They'll have comfy colors, sort of the cabin lighting with these new aircraft and the LEDs inside often have oranges, reds, purples to just make you feel less stressed and more yeah. in control. Yeah, that's really interesting what you said there about sunsets, James. An interesting point I discovered in doing some research about fear of flying, and I came across a very unusual name, and it's called pernophobia. Pernophobia is a fear of flying. Now, the other one that people are probably more used to with a fear of flying is aerophobia. Aviophobia is another term, and that's a fear of being on an aeroplane. So they're all interlinked and they're basically the same thing. It's basically an anxiety about flying. The amount of people that I've spoken to outside aviation that have a fear of flying is quite significant. And speaking to a clinical psychologist, it's uh, termed an anxiety disorder. Yeah, I've never personally had a fear of flying, but I have, in a sense, had a fear of fooling, which they're different. And often you think you have a fear of flying, but you actually just have a fear of heights of falling, which are they're all different phobias, which I found quite interesting. Uh, and well, when I did got to do paragliding once, it was yeah a lot scarier than flying. And I feel like there's just even less control than if you're in an aircraft. And as you paraglide yourself, do you ever get scared or know someone who gets scared paragliding and not flying? Well, yeah, that's interesting. I've been paragliding for over eight years and my mother thinks I'm crazy because she said, what are you doing floating around connected with some strings to a bit of cloth? And I must admit, when I started paragliding, I didn't initially like turbulence. And the reason why I didn't like turbulence is because I didn't understand how a paraglider is designed or tested. So I was fortunate enough to meet a former paraglider test pilot, and he was explaining the construction of the paraglider and how each string is connected to a structural system in the process of making the paraglider. So I then did some research, and I was pretty stunned to see a test done with a paraglider. There were two of them, but one of them I want to talk about here. It's a really interesting test. It was called a snap load test. So what they do is they lie the paraglider out on the ground, 
and where the pilot is normally attached. Instead, they have a metal link in there. And the link is designed to break at 1,000 kilograms or 2,200 pounds. So what they do is they hook up a vehicle to this link on the other side of the paraglider and they have a really long rope and they accelerate the vehicle to 100 kilometers an hour or 62 mile an hour for our non-metric folk. And remember, it's a long rope. And when they get to 100 kilometers an hour, the paraglider is instantly pulled from the ground to the flying position. Now, that puts a huge amount of strain on the paraglider and the paraglider starts to fly immediately. But it offers so much resistance that the 1,000 kilogram link actually broke. So that broke at 1,000 kilograms. That's one tonne, 2,200 pounds. And not one part of that paraglider was damaged. So that was pretty mind-blowing because when I'm all set up with all my flying gear on to go paragliding, I weigh about 100 kilograms or 220 pounds. And that's one-tenth or 10% of the test weight. So I was really surprised at how strong these paragliders are. And as a result now, whenever I go paragliding and experience turbulence, it doesn't bother me at all. I'm more than content that the paraglider has been designed way beyond the stress that I'd ever put on it. And as a result of this knowledge, it's given me the confidence and the strength of the paraglider. I'm quite happy with turbulence now. And I think that's what we're trying to achieve with this podcast. We want to explain the background to how an aeroplane works, the design, the operation, in order to give you a little more confidence in not only the systems, but a lot of other aspects that we'll talk about later. For example, how the crew is trained, the processor regulations, and to show you how it is one of the safest forms of transport available now. Yeah, a lot of people I feel also not only have a fear of flying itself, but also fear other things to do with flying such as claustrophobia. Because when you think about it, you're in a small tube, 30,000 feet up, and you can suffer from claustrophobia, which can be daunting, as well as a lot of these long-haul flights these days fly over ocean, and quite large oceans at that. And you may not actually be scared of the flying itself, but maybe scared of the sea, which is another phobia. The Wall Street Journal, however, picks up on that it's statistically more dangerous to drive a 1,000 miles than it is to fly that distance which just goes to show how people often find that it's more of just a thought process of flying that uh, scares them than the actual doing the task itself. But then it's also the whole process of the, the flying. If you think about you leaving home at the right time, and there's all the timings. You've got your boarding pass, your passport, you've got security. And for the unseasoned traveler, it can be a, quite the daunting process going through all of this uh, just to go from A to B. Touching on your paragliding point, though, the fear of heights, I feel, is directly related to the fear of falling, because I, I definitely have a fear of falling, but not so much a fear of heights. It's more the thought of the, that stomach drop than it is being high. So, for example, if I'm on a plane, it's not scary at all. But if I'm at the top of a water slide, I can turn my, my stomach a little bit. Or on those ones at theme parks where you go up and just drop, I can't do those. Those are terrible. Okay. <laughs> um, but then when I used to do abseil instructing, you'd see the, the kids, when you dangle them off the side of the abseil tower, they'd be terrified until the safety ropes took uh, their weight. And as soon as they realized that they were in control and they weren't going to drop, they were completely fine and would go down extremely fast at nearly the rate of falling if they wanted to, because obviously they're controlling the speed. But it's just the, that feeling of control and also that they know they're not just going to just drop 
So it's definitely a mixture of fear of falling, heights, flying itself. Yeah. They're all different phobias and intertwined. Well, you're right. And of course, the classic one that people may have seen before is people walking on those glass floors around the sides of buildings and some walk bridges. They built a large walk bridge in China with a glass deck or floor. It was solid as, I think they even drove a car over it. And still, some people just wouldn't walk on it because although the glass was very solid and it's thick as, they could see through it. And psychologically, they think the glass could break and they would fall through it. They don't know the background on how it's built, how strong and safe it is, but the visual clues tend to take over their mind control and induce this anxiety. Yes, I think it's not only mind over matter, but knowing that you can't fool as such. Like going back to the uh, abseiling example, when you know that you can't fool because you've got the harness on, so you're telling your mind, it sort of forces your mind to know that you're in control and you're not just going to drop. Like you're fine and you are safe, but it's just the unknown of what's going to happen, which is similar to the fear that the plane could just drop out the sky, which hopefully once we've gone through a few of these podcast episodes, you'll get to see that planes can't just drop out of the sky, even if on the remote chance, say you developed an engine problem, the plane's still quite capable of continuing to fly. Yeah, good points there, James. In preparation for this pod, we did some research on figures. And you'd be surprised for our listeners that think they're isolated with regard to anxiety about flying. It's not the case. There are some estimates that think up to 80% of the world's population is afraid or or they don't like flying in some way or form. And I could probably understand that, but 80% is a lot higher than I originally thought. Yeah, out of 80%, around 40% supposedly have a fear of just the travel experience itself. So it just goes to show you're definitely not alone when you're in that security queue. That's definitely not you just feeling the, the way you do. Yeah, that's right. And out of those 80% of folk that are afraid of flying in some way or form, around 15% have an anxiety during the flight or leading up to the flight that they've found a way of managing um, themselves, whether that be by doing courses or breathing or drinking or whatever else which is actually quite a high percentage, I thought, as well. Yeah, and out of that, an estimated 25 to 5% of the population have a crippling anxiety, which means they really freak out and potentially could have a panic attack. So when you think about how many people fly in a day, that's quite a lot of people having quite large panic attacks. And we think that this podcast, yeah, could really help those people out. So let's have a look how we're going to run this Fearless Flyer podcast. The first up in the series, we have nearly 40 episodes and we're going to discuss different topics that we will hope be of interest to you. We're going to go through and discuss those, not only amongst ourselves, but we also have some guests coming on. However, as we said before, you might be only apprehensive about one aspect of how an aircraft operates and that might be the topic that gives you the anxiety about flying. So we'll name each episode accordingly and you can just simply listen to that uh, one episode to suit yourself yeah so we intend also to have a special episode probably towards the end of the series where we're going to take you through a whole flight with the intention that you could play and pause it at each section of the flight so you know what's happening and occurring you know what the pilots are doing and the flight attendants are doing the ground crew are doing and what some of the noises are that occur during those phases of the flight just so you can help feel a bit more in control of what's going on 
And hopefully this might just help you reduce your anxiety and help you relax a bit next time you're on board. Yeah, that sounds good. Then we want to embark on a completely new series, which will be ongoing. And we intend to look at historical incidents that have occurred in the past and what the aviation industry has learned from these incidents to make it safer. Because we all read statistics about aeroplanes. We all know when there's an accident or incident, it's front page news. But many years ago, this was quite a regular event. However, we've used these historical incidents to help improve aviation safety hugely. And we'll be talking about that in this series. We'll also be taking questions and feedback from you people, or you might want more information on certain subjects. Anyway, coming back to this series here, James, what subjects are you looking forward to in the upcoming series? Oh, well, I think quite a few, but I think the ones about how aircraft fly, so the physics behind flight will be quite good because people often don't understand how these huge aircraft can stay flying. And I feel like if people can understand, like we discussed earlier, about turbulence, about the understanding of how these aircraft fly, it's going to make a lot more people more comfortable when flying. Another one I'm looking forward to is about testing testing the aircraft and how they make sure the regulators make sure these aircraft are safe. And I think that's going to be a good one because as a listener, you're going to just hear how these aircraft are tried way beyond whatever you'll feel in regular commercial flight. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. It'll be episode three where we'll talk about testing and the basic fundamentals of flight. One of the other subjects I'm looking forward to is turbulence, though, because this seems to be a trigger point for most people. And we actually have three episodes just dedicated to weather. And the first one's about turbulence and weather plays a significant part of flying from flying in icy conditions and fog. But the main one for most people that they are most apprehensive about is turbulence. So we've got an episode just dedicated to turbulence, explaining what's going on during turbulence. I'm also looking forward to the, uh, the episode on aircraft system redundancy. Now, we use the term redundancy in systems of an aircraft. So when it comes to critical systems or components, we do have backups. Uh, the backups may be like a duplication of the system, or it might even be a, a triplication in some cases. But the design intent is also, um, it serves as a backup and it enhances safety greatly. And we're going to be covering that, I think it's in episode 22. So if you hear me use the term, or James or I use the term redundancy, don't think one's about to lose their job. We're talking about aircraft system redundancy. And I'll try to refer to it as backup in the episodes as we're going along. Also, the what-ifs that go on during an emergency and how we deal with those from a flying perspective. And why you won't hear from the pilot straight away, because they're prioritising the process to resolve the problem. And there are quite a few subjects that we'll hope you'll enjoy. Have you got anything else you want to add there, James? Uh, yeah, I'd like to say I'm looking forward to the episode that you just mentioned there, the redundancy one, because so many people, uh, again, are scared of due to their lack of understanding. Like in a car, if an engine stops, the car will just roll to a, to a stop. Uh, and they feel like if in a plane, if the engine fails, they're just going to drop out the sky. I'm excited to help those listeners just understand why that's not the case and why these worst uh, case scenarios don't end with the plane just dropping out of the, the sky because there are a lot of systems and procedures in place which the pilots learn to make sure this sort of stuff doesn't happen. Yeah, that's good. 
So the next episode, we'll be taking our first interview of the series, which will be with a renowned clinical psychologist, Dr. Martin Safe. He's uh, specialized in folk who have a fear of flying for many years, along with other phobias as well. So we'll be talking to him about that and we'll be discussing why knowledge is so important in helping overcome your anxiety about flying. So from me, I wish you all a nice day wherever you are on the world. And from James. Yeah, I'm looking forward to what's coming. And you can get in touch with us via email or social media. And all those details will be in the show notes. I'm looking forward to our future discussions. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and are excited for the future. See you next time. Goodbye.